there are plenty of opportunities on the user journey and the customer journey, uh, customer experience to think about. And you cannot afford to let one of those opportunities go. They all need to be managed and nurtured carefully. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Each Another, a podcast about designing for people and business. My name is Tom Cunningham. I'm a senior visual designer here with Each Another. And today I'm joined by one of my colleagues, a senior UX designer, Mr. Brian Goff. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you doing? So today we're going to be talking about the role of brand experience within services and products. So the term brand is something that gets gets thrown around a lot. I think people kind of think of it in, in different ways. It's kind of a nebulous term. You gave an internal talk on this topic there last week to the team. And I really liked there was a little equation that you had that I thought was interesting. A brand is a promise, an experience and a memory. Can you tell us a little bit about that? You think about a brand or any kind of offering, business offering, it's always going to have some kind of promise. Um, It's always going to be uh, saying to the consumer that if you buy me, then um, this is the kind of thing that we're going to deliver. Um, And once a consumer has bought that product or bought into that service, they're going to experience that service. And depending on whether or not the experience with that service matches the promise, uh, the consumer is left with, you know, a positive association, a positive memory, which then gets added to the brand image. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, obviously, brands would communicate with their customers through radio, through television, stuff. Like that. The fact that we've got internet now, it's changed things quite a lot, isn't it? It used to be a kind of a more of a, a monologue as opposed to a dialogue as it is now. Absolutely. Things were sort of uh, monodirectional, if you like. They went from the manufacturer to the consumer. Brands today are conversational. Um, and this is something that was highlighted by Naomi Klein in her book, No Logo. I'm not sure that was necessarily the intention of her writing. Uh, but at that point in the 90s, the brands like Nike were starting to suffer the blowback of consumers who were becoming a lot more educated about the supply chain of the products. So they started to uncover uh, the sort of sweatshop uh, conditions that some of Nike's employees or their contractors' employees um, were suffering. Um, and as a result, brands have really had to change and we'll see some examples of that kind of dialogue or how things can go wrong. Quite quite a, a number of them recently, actually, between United Airlines is obviously one. Uh, it's an obvious choice. And, uh, you know, even even Pepsi, their approach to their, their marketing recently, that kind yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is, nobody uh, likes uh, it more than to have a ringside seat at the, uh, at the sort of, uh, you know, when a brand goes disastrously wrong like that. Uh, and, you know, what United Airlines are having trouble doing now is really shaking off uh, that sort of two-week news cycle uh, where people are still kind of focusing on uh, their failings. So the next thing that followed from that was obviously the big, world's biggest rabbit died on board United Airlines. And this adds uh, further to the reputation that United Airlines are picking up. Uh, and of course, it's not just all bad news. If brands are able to manage things well, when things do go wrong, uh, such as what's happened with United Airlines, they can actually turn it around to their strength. And there's lots of examples uh, out there. But I think, you know, on, on a basic level, most of us have experienced situations where uh, companies have done their best to try and improve the experience for us. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously not on the scale of being assaulted on an airplane, but, you know, I think, I think a good example of, of turning a poor experience around. I remember someone that I used to work with before, he watched, he downloaded a film from iTunes, watched the film, um, and then he thought it was terrible. So he sent them an email saying, like, that was awful. You know, the film was awful, and they just, they refunded him. Right. So which I think, you know, can you imagine doing that in the cinema, you know, getting up, leaving, that was, that film was terrible. I didn't like that. You know, they were like, good luck. Thanks very much for your money. See you next time. Um, so that was it's a small thing. And obviously, you know, Apple are a massive company, you know, yeah. but I think that's it's that kind of thing. Just thinking about, you know, even that, that example of iTunes, like every touch point that you have with them, it feels considered, it feels, you know, um, 
it feels well designed and they and they have I won't say have the best interest of the user at heart, but they've thought about it and they understand. Obviously, someone made a call at some point which says like, if you get it, if you receive, you know, uh, this kind of kind of feedback, it's fine. Just reimburse them. We'll get the, you know, they'll be renting stuff again. Yeah, exactly. Retention is a lot less expensive than acquisition, as we know. Um, and I think you know, for a long time, Apple obviously been held up as the poster boys for this kind of thing. But I think there are probably a number of brands or smaller companies that are doing better than Apple at this stage. Apple probably could do with them. Um, cleaning up the house a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I really think that iTunes is the most, uh, you know, it's not the smoothest experience that's out there in terms of trying to uh, listen to music or uh, find a show or find a video. Uh, you know, there's other people doing that. But yeah, absolutely. You yeah. know, they're, they're really leveraging each touch point uh, as they go, as the consumer moves through from the beginning of an experience to an end. And of course, you know, we can talk about uh, those kind of user journeys in the micro uh, where you're just dealing with something like a, a small thing like buying a film off iTunes or we can talk about it in the macro where it's a much bigger um, scale and it's it's everything from when the consumer first comes in contact with Apple which you know in my case I think happened when I was probably 14 uh, right up until when they leave uh, Apple when they effect, effectively stop using Apple services and it's within Apple's interest to retain the user inside that sphere, inside that experience. Mm-hmm. And they'll do everything they can to make sure that can happen, right? Yeah. You know, in previous uh, podcasts, we were talking about the unbundling of banks into different products. You could see iOS ecosystem being dismantled and taken apart. So Spotify, obviously, eating Apple Music's lunch. You know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure of the numbers here, but I know I, I definitely use I use Spotify. I've, I tried both of them and I went with Spotify. Yeah. Um, I don't rent some too much movies from iTunes very much. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd use Netflix and stuff like that. So sure. these things that seem, these titans within the industry, yeah. all it takes is people to, to, to look at that. Yes, you're saying the experience of using iTunes is not optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've designed and kind of redesigned it over the years, but I think it needs a good overhaul. Yeah. Um, but I think all it takes is someone to come in to come in with it just to do something. Take smarter, faster, slicker, right? Yeah. yeah. Take a slice of what they're doing and yeah. just do that better. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and that's you know you're always going to have what they call challenger brands coming into the market, much smaller uh, companies like that, startups in the case I guess of Spotify, who are really disrupting the model about how we we consume music. I mean. You know, not too long ago, it was all about CDs versus vinyl. That becomes the battle. Then it becomes about MP3s with the advent of Napster, MP3s versus CD. But we're still holding on to CDs. But now, in the last three or four years, I have absolutely zero use for CDs or MP3s because all of my music has been streamed on Spotify. So Spotify are doing a great job of, you know, really promising consumers they can get music anywhere. You can get it on your phone. You know, it's wow. it's coming at you from all different directions. I think Apple have really lost the battle here and they need to work hard to regain that ground. Yeah. I mean, they, um, like, as I said, I don't know the exact numbers. They may have, I'm sure they have massive number of sure, users, yeah. but because it's, much it's, it's, yeah. it's almost that inertia because you're, yeah. you're just, you're by pro, you're, you know, you're already hooked into the system. Yeah. So it's, well, you know, and what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And there's nothing, uh, there's, you know, there's nowhere that that Maxime has more application than with the market of brands because they're all about competition. That was, that's what makes them stronger. Mm-hmm. So more and more of our of the brands that we deal with these days and interact with are service led. So I think there's more and more considerations to be made, and it's important that each of those touch points is doing it the right way. It's it's kind of complex, right? Because we're using products in sequence a lot of the time, and all those products are kind of bleeding into the same user journey. And the reason I'm saying that is I have my own experience here, where a very old friend of mine is getting married. Uh, he's getting married in Portland, in Oregon, in in the U.S. where he lives. Uh, and so I have to book a trip. Um, it's the first time I've ever been there, so there's a few kind of unknowns for me, and I'm feeling a little bit anxious about that kind of thing. 
So the first thing I do is I book my flight through an airline, well-known airline, uh, has an awful lot of destinations in the US. I'm on the page and I've just finished the checkout, basically, you know, and I've handed over 600 and something, 60 euro. The next thing I'm waiting for, I guess, is an email, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, what happened is a bit weird because I left the room satisfied, I think, that I'd made the transaction. I went off to do something. Uh, I distracted myself, basically. I had a glass of water, made a cup of tea or something like that. And I came back and my computer screen said, this has now timed out. So that was my first sort of anxiety, my moment of, oh, my God, have I, did I really buy the ticket? Mm-hmm. I'm really not clear. Um, so I checked my email and there's no email. And so there's no way of me actually knowing, did I book a ticket? So I went through the whole process again. And I was really very close to buying another ticket because mm-hmm. I wasn't really convinced that I bought one. Instead, what I did was I thought, I'll ring them. So I go to ring them, but there's no service. It's now after nine o'clock, say, and uh, they've no, uh, the, the call center is knocked off. So I phoned them the next day and they're able to verify, yes, you have book, booked a flight. Um, we're just waiting on the other carrier that's taking you. Uh, so I've got another carrier that's picking me up, say, in Washington, flying me across the country. We're waiting for them to respond before we can confirm that you've bought this ticket, which to me seems insane that I can't get a ticket or an email rather that will tell me that they're waiting on confirmation from the other carrier, but the flight will take across the Atlantic is confirmed. Um, so this puts the load on me as a user, right? Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's like usability 101, like you're not giving the user any, like, any feedback from the feedback, system. Yeah. yeah. Right. Especially when you're handing over your credit card details and a chunk of change. Yeah, and it, and it gets worse. So this is, you know, this is building the trust relationship, right? So uh, I complained about it on Twitter. Uh, no one picked up on it uh, except other people. Then about two weeks later, I got an email that said, your flight has changed um, and you need to ring us to change it. And immediately I'm just going, fishing. This is a scam because I couldn't see a uh, uh, logo. There was no sign off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did check out the number. It seems to check out. So I rang it and I got through to someone. I said, I need to change my flight. And the customer service said on the other end of the phone, she said, well, you know, you have an hour in between the flight that you have to do a change. And I said, well, if you can convince me that if I miss that flight, I'm not taking on the financial whatever cost. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, it should be fine. You know, and I said, OK, let's just do it. And uh, next thing, a rattling keyboard in the background, uh, just a minute, you know, rattling keyboard, rattling keyboard. Next thing, the line goes dead. And I'm left there with no one on the other end of the phone. So I'm pretty, pretty cross about this. Again, probably got on Twitter or something like that and made some more um, rude comments about their service. And then I phoned them back and I got someone who was better, admittedly, and obviously heard my pain. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I'm saying, I rang you before, I was cut off. I'm pretty, yeah. pretty damn angry, you know, and um, yeah, they, they they sorted me out. But I mean, end to end, that's that's been a terrible experience. So, and it's not over yet, right? Because I haven't used the actual service. I haven't stepped on the plane. So that's set the expectations, at least that I have, you know. Yeah. So it's so kind of you know, just looking looking back at the, the, your point around the the promise, the experience, and the memory. Like before, sure. you, before you, obviously you're you're only you're, pre, you're between promise and experience here at the moment, and you're it's it's poor. Yeah. It's, it's poor well, experience. you know, if you like, and we're just talking about a website here, obviously, but there are many things to discuss. The home page is the promise. Generally, that's going to give you the offering, or you know, it's going to give you some statement about what their service is about. Um, but if the experience of of buying a ticket doesn't measure with that, then you know game over mm-hmm. but again because this bleeds into a much bigger picture of the user journey i'm also going with airbnb uh which has been a fantastic experience where i you know i've used them before 
but um, they figured out all these little nuances so well about retaining, gaining and retaining the trust of the customer. And when you think about it, it's not easy to do that with a service that relies on random punters in their own houses in the US and all over the world who are willing to put you up. Um, you know, so they do things like when you get on the profile, you can check out the profile of the person, they've got their own profile pick, you can mm -hmm. see the ratings they've got. All these seem like they're very standard things, but the way they're curated and the way they take you through that journey structure is really crucial yeah. in terms of making sure that you feel okay handing money over to a complete stranger or Airbnb. And I'm sure like Airbnb are obviously the poster child of examples for doing things well. And sure. so I'm sure everyone's heard about them, uh, you know, probably sick to death of listening to them. But I like recently I've I've used used Airbnb a couple of weeks ago, a similar thing. And I, I, I'm just reminded each time I'd use it like this is I haven't had a bad experience yet. Um, and I think it's probably because you know, looking at the idea of the promise, the experience, the memory, mm. the promise went from my point of view, when I was looking at it, you know, I'm looking through the details, like the photos look great. Okay. Mm. You know, I'm looking at places that look, you know, I've got a family. So making sure I've got a full apartment to ourselves or a house or whatever. But also I think the fact that you've got, you know, much like TripAdvisor has, you've got people rating things, you've got, you can talk directly to the, the, the person who owns the property. Uh, there's just, there's so many of those touch points that kind of, that set you up to manage your expectations from, yeah, the, exactly. from the outset. Yeah. So you know, you can see, you know, yeah. what's, what, what, what do we expect here? I think one of the key things as well that I like about Airbnb that, I think that, they, that they do well is when you're finished, like the experience, when you leave the apartment, the apartment or, or the property that, you know, return home, the, that experience with Airbnb isn't over yet. Whereas other sites, you know, if you stay in a hotel, they're trying to send you on direct mailing if they have your email address. So how, how do you think your stay was? I don't care about telling you how my, unless I have a problem, most of the time I probably won't say, if it was okay, I won't say anything. Like, you know, you'll complain, you know, people will complain. But what I like about Airbnb is the fact that they, the prompt is, you know, um, give the, you know, the property owner a review, something, I can't exactly remember how they word it, but it's something like, give the, the property owner a review to see their review of you. Yeah. So now this is, it's it's a different thing. It's now. reciprocal, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm kind of, you know, there's like dopamine triggers in my in my brain kind of going, right, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say what, They've obviously said something about me. He's or a nice guy. <laughs> so, um, but the, and there's also, I mean, this kind of just talks about, I suppose, it's the Russian doll effect. Really, where we're talking about Airbnb has its own brand to manage, but yeah. as individuals in Airbnb, we also have our own brand to manage. Yeah, we want to retain that reputation. So when we go and stay in someone's house, obviously, maybe we're mindful of that. I mean, the first Airbnb I stayed in was probably about four or five years ago. I'm still mates with those guys. You know, they're on my Facebook page. Uh, I interact with them quite frequently. And, you know, that's simply from the experience of, of, uh, of you know, staying with them. Uh, so I think Airbnb are managing that relationship really well, you know, both with consumers, people are using the service, the community, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, they're conveying it. I think Brian Chesky is a really smart guy, but, and he really knows how to build and manage a brand. So obviously we're speaking quite highly of Airbnb here, and, and I kind of, I'm reminded of that quote by Jeff Bezos when he said, uh, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Correct. So I think that's key about just thinking about the whole, you know, really thinking about your service and opportunities to to improve and tweak and leverage different services that you didn't think were, were key to your user experience, but actually are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of different touch points to consider. I mean, we're talking quite broadly here digitally, right? Mm -hmm. But um, it, it doesn't just have to be that. I mean, uh, it could be also paper. Um, it could be just a, a part of the you know brochure that you need to send to your clients or consumers and so on. Um, but those small things, like the small details, it does get back to that. The devil is in the detail. Mm -hmm. um, being able to follow up with an email that's you know nicely written, uh, little nudges maybe, 
you know, uh, Brian, we can see that your trip is about to happen in seven days. You know, have you thought about X, Y, Z? You know, and then that becomes another potential for offering more services or mm. extending the service, you know. Yeah. So. I think even that we were, we were talking about copy there, I think the idea of tone of voice is important. To, uh, what kind of language are you using? You know, are you overly familiar? You know, if you're if, if it's a if it's a digital product, are you sending animated GIFs and kind of emojis? You know, sometimes, you know, it depends on the brand that you're using. You know, if it's kind of more playful, that's fine. But I think, uh, what, like, you know, if you're dealing with a bank or something, you're, you're sure. When you're you don't want it overly friendly, right? You need to have that balance between nice and friendly, yet kind of somewhere formal in between, yeah. uh, depending on the bank and depending mm -hmm. on how much money you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, I think there's all sorts of things that we can consider there. And I think with the advent of things like chatbots, there is an awful lot of talk about it. Is it hype? We'll, we'll have to see. But some of it is going to have an influence on the way we design things. And it's, it already is. Um, so there's plenty of things to think about in that regard digitally. So whether you like it or not, you've got a brand. And how people experience that brand is key to, to the success of your company, your product, your service or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's ever changed. I think that's been the case for a very long time. Uh, what may be different, however, is that traditionally um, people usually associate the kinds of agencies that help to foster or manage, develop uh, brands, build brands, are, say, advertising agencies. And, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it became more about specific brand houses or branding houses like graphic designers and so on um, that were, were, were doing large scale rollouts. Um, but what has been talked about a lot less, perhaps, or at least, you know, is certainly nascent in Ireland is the advantage for uh, companies like each another um, to help with uh, the experience. And, and that, again, is across a range of different touch points, not just sort of limited to your website or maybe even an app. Mm -hmm. um, so that is really quite new ground. Um, and I feel at least we have an awful lot we can do there. Yeah. Back to your point of the, the promise, the experience and the memory. I think like every experience needs to be considered every experience needs to be designed so when people finish using your service or are reminded of your service that they think of it fondly it does the job that it needs to do or in the case of airbnb or something like that you, you actually feel the the will to ex extol the virtues and kind of uh, you know and becoming a brand evangelist which yeah. is what apple were doing so well before you know i i guess positive jobs who knows but there are plenty of opportunities on the user journey and the customer journey uh customer experience to think about and you cannot afford to let one of those opportunities go they yeah. all need to be managed and nurtured carefully yeah brands need to be more real and more authentic than they have done in the past actually mm. uh, and that's a battle that is increasing um ever ever more um certainly experiences where it's at in terms of proving your authenticity you know your proof points uh and you know, again if you, you use the power of design to manage that uh to curate it to really kind of improve it that it will feed back into the brand and brand is the most valuable asset companies have. So the key to success for um, products and services now is thinking about the, the whole service and each of those touch points. Are they being designed to their full potential? Are you missing a trick? Are you losing people at certain points? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think the, the more that, that someone is involved in customer experience or a brand manager or the marketing team is conscious of that, um, the better chance they have of improving the value of the brand, the better chance they have of providing really, like, let's not forget, this isn't just about the cynical uh, objectives of like making sure the NPS score doesn't drop. We need to be delivering good, strong customer experiences that customers love. And mm. um, that's their time they're investing. It's not just about money. Um, so the more authentic and the more you can respond to that, the, the stronger the brand is going to be. 
Great stuff. Thanks very much for your time today, Brian. Cheers, Tom. I've enjoyed the discussion a lot. For more information, check out our website, eachanother.com. Till next time.